Hello Doctor Who fans across the world, wherever you are, and welcome to another Who Corner to Corner podcast. My name is Paul and I am joined this afternoon by my very good chum, Mr. Jeff. How you doing, Mr. Jeff? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. It's a little bit chilly outside. There is a forecast of snow. Not that I'm obsessed with the weather or anything like that, but of course I am British and references to the current weather situation are required, are a necessity even, before any kind of conversation yeah. begins. So I'm just ticking that box. And when you get to a certain age as well, it's it's one of your you know the go-tos isn't so it? you got to talk about mate to be honest yeah that's all there is isn't it you yeah. know what else yeah. are you going to talk about <laughs> nothing else to do during the day is there eh? we do, except we have do, a go um, the youngins <laughs> we do have something to talk about we, we hope do our, our listeners and our watchers viewers yes enjoyed our Hi. live live rendition of the uh, theme music there including <gasps> dance moves as well i i i wouldn't call them dance moves <laughs> Yeah. I, I'd be hesitant to even call them moves, to be yeah. honest. You know, it's more like spasmodic jerking. <laughs> <laughs> what are you do in your own time? <laughs> it's entirely up to you, my friend. Right, enough of these double entendres. Let's crack on with today's topic, which is. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, do you know what? Hold on, hold on. Let's crack on with today's topic, which is. The essential 13th doctor. <laughs> We we just just for the record, we haven't played in 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 studio sound effects live before, so I've got all these buttons that I'm just playing yeah. around with and get ready uh, for an it's overload. A lot of fun. Yeah, there could be there could be all kinds of stuff. Hey, couldn't there, Jeff? You know, you never know. Oh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I know. Yes, darlings, be quiet. I know, we're such stars. You, you love me. You really love me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh his, his finger's stuck. <laughs> finger got stuck there. Right, so, yes, anyway, we are going to be talking about um, the essential 13th Doctor. Now, we did a very, very popular, I mean, at least three people listened to it, um, podcast recently on the essential 11th Doctor. These were episodes which we felt anybody watching or anybody being introduced to the 11th Doctor would probably do pretty pretty well by watching these episodes to get a flavour of what the 11th Doctor's era was about. And it was so popular, honestly. Literally millions of people said, do something else. So we thought we would do the 13th Doctor in a similar vein. Well, we ran a that. poll, didn't we? So uh, We did, actually. And the 13th this, Doctor won by a country mile. Quite a bit closely followed by... Uh, <laughs> Well, Doctor was uh, first yes. in second place. So mm -hmm. the, these are, as you might have guessed by now, there's a this is a, a series called Essential series, um, yeah. Where we're going to look at our favourite uh, episodes and perhaps books and audios and etc. etc. For Doctors, maybe companions as well, all sorts of things. Yeah, we could definitely do companions. I think we should also do villains as well. Yes. Yeah, do the essential good. master, the yeah. essential Daleks, yeah. that kind of thing. Obviously, in a year without much new Doctor Who on the TV, we've got to fill the weeks yeah. with content. We're not scraping the barrel. But, no, no, um... not at all. We've got loads of ideas. <laughs> yeah. But on that, if you come up with any ideas, yeah. let us know. <laughs> we want to keep going weekly, but... Uh... We do. It's it's tricky, yeah. Like Paul said, you know, there's no, there's nothing on air, and uh, um, we don't want to just keep doing the stuff that we've done before, or kind of 
we want to mix it up a bit, don't we? Yeah, That's we, the thing. We want to. We don't want to reiterate what uh, mm. you know other podcasts are perhaps doing, and you know, <laughs> we try to get um, our guests. But you know, sometimes we get a bit of a rush on people who said yes. You know, like we've had a, a couple of big Finnish people. <gasps> we got some good guests coming up soon, though. Yes, Ooh. yeah, we do. Target novel fans should keep their. I was going to leave that for secret. Well, I've tweeted about it. Yeah, I don't know who it is, though. No idea of keeping suspense. <laughs> right, on that note, let's get Right, let's crack on, no, shall no we? More suspense. Right, you start. What's, what would you, what's your number five? My uh, number five, 13th Doctor story, is, is without any doubt, any question of a doubt, um, the woman who fell to earth. If you're gonna, if 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 you want an idea of what the Thirteenth Doctor is about and the style and the tone of the, the show and everything else, then then that's the one, really, yeah. you know. And it's unsurprising that really the because I said the same with the Eleventh Doctor. It was the Eleventh Hour, the first you know the first episode of that Doctor, and it's no surprise really. I think that 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 should be the case. But what's quite interesting is when you compare it to like. Um, the seventh Doctor's first story, or the sixth Doctor's first story, or even the fourth Doctor's first story, or the second, maybe the third as well. Actually, the classic Doctors, even things like the Christmas Invasion, perhaps, you know, they 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 don't really seem to typify what that Doctor becomes yeah. later on. You know, if you're going to pick an essential fourth Doctor story, it's unlikely really that Robot, his first story, would be in the list. Because it's more a third Doctor story, and it's 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 not really essential. What I would call fourth Doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to. I'm labouring to make a point here. The point I guess I'm making is that with more of the recent Doctors, it seems that everything is kind of set out in the stall of that first episode. Yeah. So I think certainly here with the Thirteenth Doctor, we we've got everything. You know, we've got heroism, we've got her compassionate nature, we've got her chaotic kind of, you know, do this, do that kind of almost like a magpie, oh shiny thing sort of um, sort of chaotic minds, you know, way of approaching things yeah. that that she's got. And of course, we got the fam. You know, we we've yeah. got the dynamics that are kind of played out through that through that episode. We got some setup with the relationships. There's hints of backstories with Ryan and his dad, and this, you know, and of course. We got uh, we've we got quite a quite quite a moving death as well. Yeah, you know, with um, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's um it's it's a good one, I think. And it is, as I said before in this podcast, you know, it represents such a shift in tone. Everything's different. You know, the doctor's different. She's a different gender. The music's different. It's, it's gone, gone. The 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 um um uh, what's his name. Uh, oh, Murray Gold. Murray Gold's Murray yeah. Gold's bombastic orchestral scores have vanished in place of something which is much more moody kind of atmospheric more in my mind like the original kind of first doctor stories okay. you know the daleks and, and what have you where they're sort of setting a, a tone a mood and making you feel chill so it's um yeah it's it's that that that's yeah. the one for me if you're going to start if you're going to watch no other 13th doctor story make sure you watch that one it's quite yeah, everything. That's, that's, a, that's a really good choice. I thought you might pick that one, so I didn't put that on my list. I um, always like to be predictable. Yeah. Well, we had Eleventh uh, Hour from Eleventh Doctor uh, as one of his uh, essential episodes. That was mine because, as well. I yeah, it was. that one. Yeah. But you made a good point that you know, like looking back at the Christmas Invasion, the Tenth Doctor spends most of the episode in bed, so he didn't really do much in it. Um, and so it's kind of hard to get a, a gauge for the for the 
uh, you know, iteration mm. of the character within that sort of limited screen time. Whereas in the eleventh hour, probably Deep Breath as well with the twelfth Doctor, um, and this one here with thirteen. You know, they're they're, you know up and running literally you know from the beginning um and and thinking about it it's it's not it's not many shows really that kind of give you these kind of jumping on points you Mm. you know is there you know you might have a soft reboot on a series you know on a season midway through a series or something you know four four or five years in but it's still kind of carrying on all the the continuity and and characters and stuff yeah you're right yeah Doctor Who does obviously do that, but each mm. new Doctor is is a new, you know a fairly sort of separate new chapter in in many ways, and and so yeah you know it, these um, you know regeneration episodes are, are really kind of essential to to kind of get in on the ground level with the Doctor. Get in on the ground level, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. So, so what's um, yours then, Jeff? Well, I'm I'm going to um, neatly follow on from that with the Ghost Monument. <laughs> I um, knew you were going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the second episode um, of the Thirteenth Doctor's run, mm-hmm. uh, and the woman who fell to Earth ends on a cracking cliffhanger, mm-hmm. as you probably know. Um, and when they're on the uh, hunt for the TARDIS, which we haven't seen at all in the first episode, so you're sort of. Um, you know, Chibnall left you waiting to see what the new exterior looked like, and of course, importantly, the new interior. Uh, and also, you didn't get a title sequence or, or theme uh, on, mm. on that first episode either. So they end up stranded on an alien planet in the Ghost Monument, and get caught up in a um, kind of cross-planet, uh, like triathlon-type thing, don't they? Uh, with, with a couple of people. Um, and there's a few hints about story arcs that will come into play across the, the era. Mm. And, and then eventually reuniting with the TARDIS. Um, and this was the episode really like that, that kind of, it, it knocked my socks off really in a way because it was the show at the time at its most epic, um, you know, filming abroad, great big kind of, uh, you know, uh, deserts and, you know, beaches and you know, kind of- Sweeping landscapes. Yeah, you know, crashing mm. spaceships, great <gasps> opening sequence that's sort of like a, a single take on a on a spaceship and stuff. It's brilliantly mm. done, really exciting. Oh, that, that opening take with Jodie on the ship is, yeah. is phenomenal. It's so well so done. So good. Um, mm. You know, you get more uh, info about the fam uh, and they're literally thrown straight into it, in, into sort of danger and action and everything. Um, and then at the end, when the TARDIS reappears, uh, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's an incredibly moving mm. uh, sequence and, and my absolute favourite, um, you know, in, in all of Doctor Who, um, you know, Jodie Stockter goes back up to the TARDIS and, and goes in and, and has this moment seeing the inside on, on her own. Uh, you know, for the first time before the fam come in, um, and it's just just brilliant the the way it's shot, the way it's performed and written, the the music. It's just it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, th- this for me is a is an essential. So it it uh, yeah ties in quite nicely with your choice there. I like it, mate. Yes, yes, that that's a good one. So okay, yeah. So my number four then in that case is going to follow on from yours. Well, oh, not no, directly. Just... <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you what, I was I was debating. I'm I'm gonna go for I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go for Demons of the Punjab. Um okay. because I, I wanna what one thing which which the thirteenth Doctor's era has done brilliantly is is reintroduced the historicals back into the show. Now I know we've 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 had adventures in the past before and, and this arguably is one of them, but you know, this is um I think I think with Rosa and Demons of the Punjab we have two very 
very grounded historical adventures which are which are not you know the 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 history is not so much the backdrop it is the backdrop but it's also the focus of the story the pivotal events in rosa and of course the the pivotal events in um you know, well, in Rosa, they kind of played out with the person responsible for that that shift in you know in in cultural history. With Demons of the Punjab, you got the War of the Petition, which is happening in the background, but it directly affects the yeah, story sure, of what happens effects, yeah. to that small cast of characters. You know, they're not the ones driving the War of Partition; they're not the ones changing the world. They're the people caught up in this in in this horrific division within their culture. That yeah. is, you know, it's in, in, and I think you know, coming at this from you know from a sort of Western perspective, you know, certainly from from my sort of schooling, I I'd never. Heard heard of you know the the, the war of partition until no, i was much older and it was kind of just just you know it might have been referenced as part of general sort of world war ii era kind of history um but it was never you know we never we were never told what caused it um we were never told about you know the people who were caught up or the political sort of maneuverings of, of one one part or another we were never told about the religious part you know the part that religion played in this and what the attitudes were i think um, you know, I think I, obviously when I was older, I started to read up a little bit more and, and watching, you know, watching various films, which kind of gave me sort of an eye on it. But it was never something that I seemed to know anything about, really. No. And, and I'd argue I, I still don't know really anything. But since watching that story, it's really kind of, you know, it, it, it did what the historical adventures had always been um you know been been tasked with doing since the very very early Hartnell days you know to kind of educate in a way and that's that's what I feel this one did you know by showing us a family caught up in these events um you know I I, I started to understand a little bit more about it and I actually wanted to then go on and find out more mm. about it as well you know just to just because I, I hate having gaps in my knowledge there are loads of them but you know this is one that I genuinely wanted to know more about partly because of the the, the 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 TV show you know yeah. the, the episode itself and it was and it, it it had a lot of poignancy to it as well which I think is another hallmark of the Thirteenth Doctor's era you know the the emotions to me are are genuinely felt throughout you know sometimes you can kind of go along with a bit of excitement or feel a little bit sad or something but this I think really really or, you know, had me kind of choking up, you know, genuinely yep, because yep. I felt for these characters. And I think also maybe there was a kind of double resonance because the first time that episode aired, it went out on Remembrance Sunday, which mm. is kind of a nice, happy coincidence in a way. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of reflected that whole mood of, you know, sort of the the, the cost of, 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 you know, the cost to to families, to lives, um, as they play their parts in history. You know, people who go out and fight these wars or just get caught up in them through no fault of their own, you know, and, and have their, their families torn apart by such things. And, you know, this was this was the first time, I think, that I'd really felt that kind of emotion with uh, with Doctor Who. So it's... Um, and it's a great story, to my yeah. mind, anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, the, the, th the, the designer on it is brilliant. I think the Thajarans, I know there's a lot of discussion about whether or not they were needed. You could probably argue one way or the other, but I, I love the fact they were there. Yeah, it was Again, nice it gave it more resonance. So yeah. that, that's, that, to me, I guess, would, you know... I, I, would make me choose Demons over Rosa, but it's a very, very close call for those two historicals. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant episode, and you know, like exactly as you said, you know, they really brought back that historical feel to it, and and by making it, 
you know, it, it told about about the you know the historical story, but made it kind of personal mm. and emotional at the same time, and 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 made something that's not it's not dry, but something you know that that could be could come across as quite factual. Uh, it, you know, they made it. I think they made it real. You know, mm. by, by that that narrative on it. So my fourth. Um, uh, 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 choice was going to be Rosa. Is going to be Rosa uh, <laughs> because for, for similar reasons, really. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was the third episode in that series eleven, and uh, I just thought I couldn't believe how mm. good it was in terms of its, you know, its drama, it, its tackling, you know, big issues that are still relevant today, tackling a, you know, a story that people know. But but perhaps don't know all the kind of details mm. of and and the ins and outs of it and handling it I I felt you know with, with kind of you know respect and you know grace on it I guess and and uh, you know it was really quite powerful mm. and uh, you know with with um, Ryan and Yaz in it as well you know they were able to kind of yeah. and again well a bit like with Demons of the Punjab you know they were able to t- take those characters and kind of give the story character relevance and, mm. and you know um kind of bring the emotion out of it all and bring bring you into it a bit more by having he has his nan uh as part of demons of the punjab it, it made it really personal and, and and you know close to to her character and and also with um rosa and, and also really same with demons of the punjab mm. just just an epic uh you know production oh, completely shot, shot yeah, board, yeah. Uh, you know be- beautifully done mm. You know, fantastic recreations of, of both eras. Uh, you know, the, the show has never looked better in, in its <laughs> absolutely you know, right in the last yeah. year. Um, so, but yeah, and and these two episodes are great proof uh, that sci-fi can be used to mm. tell really strong, uh, you know, emotional and engaging stories and, and relevant stories and, and relevant. Well. You know, and it, and it's not just about spaceships or you know, robots or whatever, you mm. know, these are about events and about people. And, and you know, there is a slight sci-fi element, particularly to, to Rosa, um, which I think went in quite nicely. Um, but, you, you know, this, you know, sci-fi stuff can be used to tell mm. these, these big and important and moving stories and it's not just like i said about robots and spaceships no and no like quite yeah. right I, yeah. I do remember the first time uh freya and i watched rosa on the the night it first aired and you know i think that that last 20 last 15 20 minutes or so are among the most tense mm. that doctor who has ever been i think you know the whole thing with the bus and trying yeah. to get it to run on time and you know which is Bizarre in a way, you know, because yeah, it's, it's not it's not like universe shattering stakes. No, it's not no, like no, racing against the countdown yeah. for a bomb to explode yeah. or something like that. But it, it kind of is. It yeah. kind of plays on that. And and but for me, that it, it seems to have actually much more tension because it was something that was more relatable. Mm. You know, like you said, it you know, it's not just about robots and and aliens and stuff like that. It's it's about something very real, which we know. Yeah, I mean it's it's the old argument of Doctor Who, isn't it? You know, does this thing have to happen? Mm. You know, <laughs> well, you know, for for history to play out the way we want to, which is again a great thing that we've had since you know since the days of uh, Doctor Who and what was it, the Aztecs, I think. You know, again another Hartnell story where it sort of posed that question. You know, you can't change history, not one jot or something, and yet history yeah. is changed, but it it kind of 
isn't changed as well you know it still reaches the same point in time in the right place and of course you know graham particularly is kind of caught up in it and you kind of see on his face you know his realization that he is a guy playing now a pivotal pivotal part in this he doesn't want to because it goes against everything that he believes in but he he kind of has to and it's 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 raw you know It, it, it really is yeah, and, and quite, you know, and quite something for Doctor Who to put mm. itself in that in that place, you yeah. know, which is really a silly old TV sci-fi TV show. Well, you know, when it does stuff like this, it isn't silly yeah. at all, you no. know. No, yeah, it was quite, um, you know, brave's not maybe the right word, but you know, to to tackle stuff like this that mm. is quite different, you know, from the historicals of, of recent years, you know, which were always kind of billed as celebrity historicals mm. and, you know, they were great fun and, you know, adventurous and all that, but this these two were, were real stuff in them and, uh, you know, could could be a bit of a shock to the system to have something that kind of powerful mm. going in mm. it, but that's, that's another one of the strengths of the era, I think, that it, it tackled stuff like this and did so well yeah. with it. So, Hit me with your number three. <laughs> I'm I'm still in series eleven, to be honest, mate. <laughs> Do you know what? I I really really love season eleven. It's yeah. it's kind of my my comfort space. I mean, I I love all the thirteen Doctor stories. You know, I I twelve and thirteen as well. But I think eleven is just quite unique in yeah, terms of its style, yeah. its storytelling, and its placement. Series 12, in some ways, kind of almost treads back into the sort of Stephen Moffat, Russell T. Davies tropes, mm. but Series 11 is pure, unadulterated 13th Doctor, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going for one which I, I... I wasn't quite sure about this first time around, but the second time I watched it, I honestly thought it's probably one of the best Doctor Who stories I've ever seen and again it is essential 13th Doctor because it's so unique and it's going to be it takes you away who's with me on this one come on people up the frog you know (laughs) to be honest the the animatronic frog at the end of this is the thing that kind of threw me at the end I thought what the hell are they really doing this and I couldn't think in my head how it really worked the first time around I was like what 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 I I think what is what is Twitter making of this? I had to jump on Twitter just to kind of get, and I'm like, whoa, jeez, I'm let's put that to one side for a moment. You know what I mean? It was it was uh, explosive. You know, love the frog, hate the frog, love the frog, hate the yeah. frog. It was it was it quite was incredible. A, but of course, great... the story's not about the frog, is it? You know, no, it's about the, a lot of the other frog things, so. is uh, the the frog is just a uh, construct. You know, it, it's a bit mm. like um, you know, there is no spoon in the Matrix. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know the, what that the, is. So uh, the the mm. episode is about um, the the doctor and the fam go to uh, where was it they end up what's the... they they go to to Norway that's it Norway yeah yeah and then they, 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 they the one with the jaggedy coastline that's it and they discover a, a house that's all sort of mm. um, windows and stuff are boarded up and they you, you're led to believe that there's something in the woods that kind of comes out at, at night and stuff and mm. then it kind of you know goes from there and and you discover more and then there's a sort of parallel world type thing mirrorverse uh and um then the frog turns up at the end sitting on a chair people you know some people hated it uh was it because of the fact that it was a frog and they were like oh well god that's weird which is a bit strange (laughs) i think i think if you're watching sci-fi stuff uh, you you need to have an open mind i think to 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 by default accept some Mm. of this stuff is it strange that there's a talking frog? 
Yes, you know, if it turned up in like East Enders, you'd be like, "What are they smoking?" But <laughs> for, for me, you know, it's it's not mm. in many ways. It's not dissimilar to a, a burping bin back in the in Rose, or you know, your favourite, yeah. the the moon being an egg. Do you know what I mean? I know these are things that you know some people like, some people don't like. But yeah, I, I, it does. It's not bad. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's essentially you don't you know you, you haven't liked it, which is fine. Mm. But I think. I think the reaction to it was probably a bit over the top, and it and it sort of seems to build well, up steam. Do you know what? You know? Yeah, I, I I agree, and I think actually, you know, that the frog does have its place. And yeah, it's, well, it's, it's got it's got a, it's got a kind of a double sort of meaning to it. Well, mm. probably three or four different layers to it, to be honest. And this is another thing I, I love about Jodie's era. You know, not everything is on the surface. There are much much deeper levels to pretty much. All the stories, particularly in in series eleven, that reward repeated viewing because there's things that you'll pick up on the second, third, fourth time round. You know, I think generally with a lot of the earlier stories in Doctor, you can probably get them after one or two views, yeah. and there's not much else really apart from just enjoying the moment over and over again, which is fine. You know, and, and I love that as much as anything. But what I love more, perhaps, is actually watching a story, getting something out of it, watching it again, getting something more out yeah, of it, yeah. and then again and again and again. Uh, you know. Up to like four or five times it's like my goodness i i didn't realize that you know whether it's something in the story whether it's something in 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 the dialogue whether it's something in its kind of allegorical sort of metaphorical yeah. structure as well and you know loads and loads of different layers and i i i just just love that so the frog in itself obviously it kind of you know stems out of um it's it's grace's totem almost isn't it yeah that's it you know yeah. it's, it's the thing she, she's she always loved frogs which we see actually in 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 the first story the woman who fell at words yeah. if you look carefully there's a few little froggy things sort of around the place mm. and it, you know all right that's only quite small but nonetheless it, it's there it's not suddenly introduced in this story it's it's considered through from from way back so so it has that resonance and of course that kind of you know, sort of adds in a way to 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 the grief that Graham is still going through at that point. It's, you know, he's 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 kind of thrown himself into the adventures in the TARDIS with with something kind of abandoned almost. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you know he just finished uh, delivering. The, the the speech at Grace's funeral and joins the rest of the fam on 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 these adventures through space and time. But throughout all of that, he's still trying to deal with, with with his loss, and and that is kind of bubbling through the stories up to this point. But when it comes to it, it takes you away. You know, suddenly his grief comes right to yeah. the surface. So there's that story going on, um, and then you've also got the whole thing, like you said, of the of the mirror universe and the power of this universe to kind of entice people away you know particularly people who are vulnerable who are experiencing this sort of grief which in a way also marries what that universe which is a conscious universe itself is actually feeling you know it's well, yeah. it's feeling a loss as well right it's yeah. been exercised from the rest of the universe and okay you have to kind of go along with some really wild stuff here but actually a lot of that stuff is also present in a lot of Scandinavian fiction mm. you know a lot of fairy tales and the trolls of the mountains and all the dark places of the forest you know I ideas and tropes which this story pulls from are have been present within that sort of fiction for years and i love the way it kind of pulls that element out of it 
also pulls out of things like um you know the whole scandy thriller fiction yeah, genre yeah, that's, as well that's right which not, which you know, you know it, it pulls out in terms of visuals with mm. the you know the house the log cabin in the woods and and the kind of weirdness the monsters that might be lurking in the woods there is so much going on and then you even have the idea of the interzone or, or yeah. i can't remember quite what they pull it the interdimensional or something yeah. like that and um what, what's the guy called um uh, ribbons isn't it yeah you know, which who is a kind of weird sort of again a fairy tale troll like character. Mm-hmm. You know, who guards this kind of in between zone with those ridiculous mods. And mods, my friend, are the one creature that I have a massive, massive phobia for. My wife, snakes. Right? Really? She can't. She can't even look at a snake. With me, it's the same with moths. Right. They genuinely put the fear into me. <laughs> There's nothing else I get frightened of, but moths. I I can't. If I have one in the room, mate, I can't. I can't be in the same room. <laughs> I, I really can't. I, even no. thinking about it and talking about it and seeing those big bastards flo- floating around in them light balloons. No, no, take it somewhere yeah. else. So it genuinely had a fear to it as well. Plus. Another great thing about, and I haven't even started on the whole psychology of it, right? <laughs> but it's because there is a massive, massive, rich vein to kind of type from, uh, t- 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 tap from. But the, um, you know, the, the, the Jody's performance in this is astonishing, absolutely astonishingly good. Because not only does she rattle off some techno babble at, at, at you know, energy levels that are unprecedented you know she's um you know she switches between that and also the emotional part of it you know the fact that here's a doctor who is actually willing to give up everything to be friends with this universe to give it some kind of companionship that's a sort of compassion that you know we might have seen glimpses of in the past but here it really comes to the forefront forefront, yeah because the the frog uh the solid track kind of manifests as a you know, an, an important, uh, you know, persona. Oh, yes, back to the frog, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got to go back to the frog. And, um, <laughs> yeah, because there was, I wonder sometimes if people kind of, you know, they headcan and stuff, and then, and then there's a sort mm. of disappointment because there was talk of, uh, you know, I thought it might have been River or Susan or something like that, mm. you know, sitting on the chair. And, you know, could it have been more, you know, less bonkers and, and perhaps a bit more, related to the doctor if it was a, a, a past companion or something yeah perhaps but i don't think it matters that it's that thing there of you know the solid track like you said mm. is this sort of it's like a child in a way you know it's, yeah it's, and, it's, and it's not about the doctor really is it no, you know no. it's it's about grace grace is the person who comes comes back from the dead who mm. who the universe kind of manifests to give itself a voice yeah. When you know at that point, it's, it uses Graham's grief, not the doctor's. The doctor yeah. gives, you know, promises to give her everything that the universe needs at the end, and yet it still kind of manifests as, as Grace's favorite thing, which I think is, you know, it's quite important. You know, it's not yeah. about the doctor; it's about it's about a very human kind of emotion, I think, in a way. And that that frog just sort of just sort of links into that in, yeah. in in a way through Grace, you know, not through the doctor even though this is Doctor Who, it links it through Grace because she's she's us. Grace is us, really. You know, Graham is us. Ryan is us. You know, yes, these are the the the, the mouthpieces of the viewers, of us watching the show, right? It's always been the case that the yeah, companion the, yeah. is the gateway into the Doctor's wild yeah, and wacky yeah. universe. And I think this story really kind of pulls into that in a way that no other story has done before, has done before with, a, with a kind of depth and honesty and, a, and an integrity to its emotional content actually yeah. like 
most of other you know season 11 stuff yeah. tends to you know but wrapped up in all this scandy stuff and it's just it's an astonishing story yeah, it's it completely is, yeah. unique it might not be thinking about it actually it might not be the essential because if you didn't watch this it wouldn't really matter but actually you'd be losing a sort of texture yeah. I, that I think, that um, that is part of the doctor the 13th yeah. doctor's tapestry i think I, I don't think essential necessarily has to be ones that you know you're going to mm. miss out the story on. we make our own criteria up as we go along yeah, jeff frankly yeah so um <laughs> well, saying that my next choice my yes my three is uh sort of an essential uh one. Mm. So this, this is uh, i'm going to go spy for parts one and two. Oh, brilliant um, yeah, yeah because yeah. again uh, this is the show kind of firing on all cylinders. Mm. It, was, it was massive, uh, international uh, locations, uh, crashing airplanes, uh, alien yeah. <laughs> uh, worlds, uh, Australia, uh, mm. all, all sorts of, of stuff. Um, but this is where we, we get the master back. Yeah, for the first time. Oh uh, my goodness! And do we get him back? Do, do you know? And he becomes, you know, in many ways, her kind of prime antagonist across the t the tenure, and uh, sets up a whole load of stuff here. Um, you know, with, with Gallifrey and, mm. and um, you know various things, uh, which kind of you know continue to to be in play. You know, after all of this, uh, you know, for for the rest of this season and and beyond. Um, so. You know, the episode really kind of deals a lot for the Doctor, but it's, mm. it's also just great fun as well. You know, it's kind of a, uh, you know, Bond, Mission Impossible type, you know, spy thing going on, um, mm. which, which then kind of, you know, changes a, a bit. And, you know, we and we end up with the Doctor separated from the fam, uh, you know, with, with um, you know, it's all, almost a double cliffhanger, actually. At the yeah. End of part one isn't it it um, is <laughs> um and uh you know so you get to see the fam standing on on their own two feet and you know in graham's case using his uh, soft shoe shuffle laser oh, shoes. Yeah. um and yeah i just um it just you know i i'm i quite like um you know filmmaking tv making when they kind of mm. go all out and you know, this this really was it pulling out all the stops to do something big. It's epic again, isn't it? it, you know, it whereas is, yeah. Series 11 is is kind of, it's quite intimate. It's, it is. Well, I was just thinking there about it takes mm. you away. It almost entirely takes place with, within the house and, and its grounds. Mm. You know, you get the, uh, what, yeah, what do they call it? The antiverse or something? It's like a the, the sort of space between, you know, dimensions, isn't it? In that, in that you know, f fabric, you know, mm. between them. Um so that you get that kind of rocky tunnely, you know, type stuff. But yeah, a lot of it is is it's very intimate. But then on like Demons of the Punjab, it, mm. it's being painted on a massive canvas. It is, but I mean by intimate, I mean like the you know the drama is. No, quite no, I tight, know, but yeah, you, you're right. Yeah, it's it's just about that family, mm. you know, and 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 all this stuff, you know, ha happening to them, you know, and and like Rosa. It, you know, it, it mm. comes down to the action of sitting or standing on a on a bus and changing everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that which then has obviously you know massive wider mm. implications around that. So yeah, Spyfall, uh, you just talked very eloquently about it takes you away there and and its depth and stuff. Um, I can't really do that about Spyfall because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it has got one of my favourite mm. pieces of music in. Oh, all, it's good. Yeah, which yeah. Is, um, Doctor the Doctor, where um, mm. like they go to uh, Lenny Henry's uh, 
chateau or whatever <laughs> it is, and it's got that sort of string. It's got the Bond type the, music, isn't it? Yeah, version. You know, it's, it's James yeah, Bond, but not James Bond kind yeah, of thing. It's yeah, 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 and yeah it's got yeah. big, big old drums strings on and it. horns. Um, you know, and then you get like a you know motorbike chase and stuff, and mm. you know, but the, but the shocks of it, you know, when you when you discover that um who who we thought oh you know f- from the uh yeah. five, whatever it is it's actually mm. the master and he you know the spy master, master. and yeah. you know sasha dewan is really nice and amiable but you know up, up to that point and then he just mm. turns on on the dime and he's you know yeah he does rage yeah. kind of maniac yeah uh, with, with this streak of sort of wild fun in him at, at the same time uh, and, uh but you know he's he's jealous and he's angry and all this sort of stuff as well and the doctor like jody's performance in in that bit like mm. she, you know she just can't kind of believe it you know and, and like oh my god you know, he's back. Yeah, the, yeah the master's and, back. And Can't get rid of him. Plane with a bomb. Uh, yeah. And also, like, I just love like li- these little bits. This was uh, Mrs. McCrimmon mm. who pointed this out once, and I didn't notice it till I watched it again. But when they're running to get on the plane, and the doctor jumps in, and she goes, "She's in like this," <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's so silly. And also, Yaz gets a, quite a lot to go through because she goes to that uh, that other dimension as well. You know, there's quite a lot of sort of mm-hmm. parallel world stuff in in this, which kind of uh, you know came into to play a bit more kind of uh, big time in in Flux. Mm. Um, but you know, she gets taken to this this space, and and uh, which is, you know. Uh, she just feels lost and, and hopeless and things and you know the doctor uh is worried when she goes there but mm. it's it sort of there's an implication she's talking to the other doctors in her head as well yeah. at that point which I, mm. it was always something that quite interested me like and there was is it in her time or, or somewhere else the talk of like multiple brains you know mm. and, and I, I sort of thought wonder if they were alluding to the others still being interesting yeah it could have been layering it. that thing out yeah, yeah i thought of that um but the doctor you know gets trapped and, and she gets herself out of it by a bit of fortuitous stuff but you know mm. you knew that she would be determined and, and and would do it one way or another and then when yaz gets put there um you know it's it, it really kind of shakes her and, and wrecks her doesn't it you know and i think yaz in flux would have handled it very differently to the way Yaz did there, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you can see that that kind of confidence growth mm. across there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Spyfall one and two. It's a good one. I like it. I just, you know, one of the things I remember about Spyfall is is the is getting really excited by the fact that the Vord might be back mm. in Doctor Who because yeah. what, what, it was it was Vord, the, uh, Bar- Daniel Barton, Danny Henry's character. Yeah, the, it was the called Vord. Glowing. The yeah, search engine was called yeah. Vore- was it Vore Enterprise or something yeah. like that, and of course the Cassavian in that sort That's of bright it. white silhouette could easily have looked like the Vord mm. from from the old Hartman yeah. story, The Keys of Mariners. Also, I like that um, people thought that was you know CG, and it was probably enhanced to an extent, but it was guys in. It was, it was mostly in, in in shot, wasn't it? Yeah, lit, lit up suits, mm. yeah, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, which is another yeah. thing I like about this era as well. Actually, a lot of the effects are is, there is a lot of CG, but there's a lot of practical effects yeah. as well, which well, seem to prop- give a, a bit of immediacy to. To proceedings, yeah. you know, to, to the actors, again, yeah. something to kind of react with. Yeah, I yeah, think. 
Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like Spyfall. It's a good one. I know I said, you know, it's it's it, it does feel slightly more like a return to some of the previous era stuff, but you know, that's fine. I love the previous era as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I still like the bombastic you know, sort of music and, and, and all the other stuff. Maybe not quite as much as I like the atmospheric stuff, but yeah. I'm not knocking it at all. I, I, I love it, you know. So I'm I'm a Doctor Who fan. I like all yeah, Doctor yeah, Who, you know. Yeah, but, there's always something to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna i I'm gonna because I've realised I've only got actually got two choices left and 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 I could literally pick every episode, but I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for oh yes I am. I'm gonna go for the haunting of Villa Diodati. Oh yeah. And because I, I, I want to leave you space, because I'll get a feeling I would have picked the one which you're going to go for next, which I don't know what it is at the moment. But mm. I, th- I wonder if it might be what I was going to go for. But okay. I'm thinking this one actually, the haunting of Villa Diodati, yeah. which is another. Ooh, is it, is, it, is it? I think it is kind of unique in a way. You know, the the doctor, the doctor goes, or, or she promises the fam that they're gonna, they are gonna go and sit in on that infamous night when Byron and Mary Shelley and Percy Bysshe Shelley were all gathered around on a dark and stormy night in a locked themselves in a villa and promised to tell each other ghost stories one of which would become the cultural landmark that is the novel Frankenstein yeah right so that is pure grounds for Doctor Who. And we do get that. We get a dark mm. and stormy night. We get a very nice kind of mansion villa type thing, you know, for the well-to-dos. And um, uh, But what plays out is beyond anything that I'd expected. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to think, oh, yes, Doctor Who can do Frankenstein. You know, and of course, Doctor Who, you know, we, we've, we've had the Brain of Morbius, which has been a total pastiche ripoff of the kind of Hammer House Frankenstein thing. But this is... This is more than just that. This is a lot more. There's yeah. a lot more going on than just the Frankenstein is almost like that's the thing that opens the door. But yeah. once you're through that door, there is so much more. You know, okay, we get um we, we get a wonderful interplay between um between the, the poets, you know, the, the 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 brains of the outfit, you know, these yeah. kind of louche romantic um names that we've all sort of known at some point in our sort of you know, GCSE upbringings and what have you. You know, we all know something that Shelley was a writer yeah. and Byron was a writer and, you know, Frankenstein was written, you know, and all, all this sort of stuff. But there's a nice joke in there, actually, which um, which when the Doctor's like, there's not much writing going on here, is there? <laughs> she tries to kind of get them all yeah, to sit down. Yeah. And so the, it, there's a lot of laughs at the start. There's a lot of thr- spooky kind of thrills. I know you yeah. like your spooky stuff, Jeff. There's the whole unanswered question of whether the the girl and the, um, you know, the woman and oh, the, the girl that, that Graham sees yeah. is real or not. You know, no one else seems to have seen those throughout the whole thing. And no. um, we get some creepy kind of hands. Yeah. going around a place we get a kind of play on spatial geometry where it's almost Castrovalva like yeah. where people are running upstairs only to be running back upstairs or at the yeah. top of the stairs run down only to reappear at the top of the landing and you know there's that whole thing with, with, with the, the geometry of the house and then of course when things get really dark is when Ashad sort of comes into things mm. the lone yeah, Cyberman who yeah. has been warned you know who, who um, Captain Jack warned, warned the Doctor doctor's crew against and and then as if things couldn't get darker 
they really do. They take such a dark turn when when he kind of shows up and starts doing his thing. And, you know, it's kind of exemplified by that moment when I think actually he's having a conversation with the doctor and Mary Shelley. And they're, you know, they're talking about his child and the fact he snuffed his child's life out because he could. And and at this moment, you think, whoa, this is this is something else now you know we're not just yeah. we're not just talking you know light-hearted kids entertainment we're not talking just talking brain and morbius scares brains flopping on the floor at floor and stuff like that we're talking about a dark psychotic psychology mm. that is that is, is is at the level of a serial killer yeah pretty much that's what we're dealing with here you know there's there's no there's no, there's no fancy dressing on this at all. You know, we're not trying to dumb it down. We're not trying to lighten things up. This is a guy who kills because yeah. he can, because he there's, wants to. You there's know? that moment and where he, he finds the baby in the cot, doesn't he? Mm. And and you, you're not quite sure what what he's going to no, do. No, that's it. But the element of danger that that mm. the oh the element of threat that that introduces suddenly right there suddenly makes you sit up. And take notice of this story. You know, there's a lot of clever stuff going on as well. There's a lot of sciencey cyber stuff with the um, Siberian, you know, the yeah. kind of cy- cyber uh, Cyberman's AI that's kind of you know takes on a sort of nebulous and form and can infuse different yeah. hosts and stuff like that, which which I you know which I like. And the fact it's sort of possessed um, Percy Bishelli as well is, is is a nice is is a nice twist. And but he, you know the atmospherics in this story, the sheer storytelling itself, all of this within. Fifty minutes or so yeah. of of Sunday night drama. It's it's an incredible story by yeah. any standards, you know. And, and, the, it's and this is essential uh, in that respect. A, another um, Chris Chibnall, uh, you know, great villain. I know that um, you know he he, mm. he he co-wrote the episode, didn't he? Well, they, they, um, there's a single single credit is to oh, Maxine yes. Alderson. Maxine Alderson, yeah. yeah but yeah. you know, he he would have said, you know, this this is the, oh, the character. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mm. basics for and probably rewrote the dialogue, but um, and given uh, that Ash adds a character who's going to recur in literally the yeah, next story, yeah, it's it, got yeah, to introduce it, this guy here. It, it doesn't work like um, uh, Russell T. Davis says to Moffat, Oh, there's, there's a character called Captain Jack, you know, away with you now, you do what you want, <laughs> with it. you know, it, it don't work like that. Um, and it didn't this, work this like is planned, that. this is considered, yeah, exactly, you know, mm. and and Ashad is uh, another one of the brilliant villains that that Chibnall uh, you know created he mm, made the Daleks mm. badass and scary again um Tazim Shah was was a horrible bastard uh you know and and of course the Pating the biggest little shit of them all yeah um, you know but, <laughs> uh, you know his master was was cruel and mm. you know twisted um you know he, he just he gave us some some great stuff um so yeah everything you've said about this episode I, I agree. It is uh, it's a cracker. For it's me, it's you know. rattling along, and it's all you know. It's all good fun. It's all a bit spooky. Mm. Uh, oh, I like, a bit silly. Oh, I love a helmet with a plume and all. Yeah, that. I love a plume. Yeah, yeah, and, that's it. Brilliant. Know. And then mm. it, you you see the lightning crackling and and out on the lake, and something's there, and you're like, well, you know, what is it? Oh, you know, and it's sort of, it's 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 being quite sort of uh, you know clever and layered in mm. a way. You know, they're they're sort of you know Frankenstein's coming into life via the, yeah. the you know uh, uh, elements of the story within the story you know um and then when you discover it's a cyberman you know you sort of I think you see him clearly to start with but you mm. know it's a cyberman you think oh god what's you know what's going on here and then when you discover it is the lone cyberman and what he's actually mm. like you know 
know, so uh, you know those expectations are subverted again on it. Yeah, and it's 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 nice as well because you know you could argue that that the Cybermen, the Cybermen were kind of a, an extension of the original Frankenstein's monster, yeah. right? And I know there's a sciencey bit with which Kit Peller says, you know, if we replace parts of ourselves, we eventually become like this, you know. But that, in a way, that the genesis of that is, is is the same genesis as as the original Frankenstein monster. You know, what if you could reanimate something? What if you could replace? bits of a body with another yeah. body and stuff like that it's that same you know there there is a it, there, there's you know there, there's a dna strand with pretty much you know definitely a dna to that kind of monster and the fact that the cyberman then informs the genesis of the frankenstein monster yeah. you know it's a nice little yeah okay yeah, you could argue little. it's a little bit um you know a little bit cheeky to kind of do that but again why not doctor who's yeah, done this not, yeah. and i think also importantly what this really does is make the cybermen scary again yes because you know in the last few stories they'd kind of they they done what a lot of doctor who monsters do over time they kind of just become foot soldiers or yeah. you know standard kind of villain of the week and i think to be honest it sort of happens again after this you know with um in flux they sort of become foot soldiers yeah. they're not, but they're a you know not really a threat they're not the main threat in there so it's you no. know but so, right it, here they do really what Earthshock did back in you know the, the Davison years is, is reintroduce the Cybermen as as a credible scary yeah, threat it, it was you know? really good to have them uh you know even with just the one main you know character of them, mm. you know scary and dangerous again and, and mm. threatening and uh yeah it was just a brilliant creation on it and you know he, he comes back in um power of the doctor as well doesn't he uh yes and, cloned uh, oh, i just forgot i've got to change my list um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah there, there's a there's a great um sort of single take mm. bit where he he storms the cells and everyone's firing at him and he's just like you know pew, pew, blasting them off yeah. um and yeah he kind of you know he's he's cloned and you know he's sort of pals with the master again i mean maybe is it against his wishes i don't know but you know i like seeing him seeing him again yeah and, i agree you know, he's yeah, such yeah. a good character yeah. that you know you mm. can get bogged down in the what ifs about it if you want but you know you know maybe it makes he's a cloned sick. character you know so yeah you know matter. we don't have the time on screen for all the explanations about stuff like that and maybe that's bad writing or maybe it's my no 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 you, you, know. you don't need explanations no, I, I don't think you really need he's, he's you know cloned. i mean you've got all the explanation you need he's cloned he's not the original yeah. ashad that's yeah. it end of story you yeah know? And it, and just because you you're know, a clone doesn't mean to say you're going to naturally inherit, inherit all the memories. I would no. imagine if such a thing were possible, they'd have to pipe the memories into you because you're essentially a different person yeah, as you come out of that cloning yeah. vat. It's only it's only in, in, in kind of standard sci-fi that a clone does inherit the memories of its original somehow. You could just fudge it and say, well, you know, you clone the body, you clone the brain, you clone the memories and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But there's... You know, there's as much reason to do that as not to do that, really, because yeah. it's all made up bollocks anyway. Well, that's it. It's, so. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's the writer's story. They can do what they want. <laughs> do what they like. Yeah. There's no, uh, you know, establishment. Do what you like, know. mate. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. That's what yeah. I say. Isn't the, it? Um, the cloning plot mm. police aren't going around, are the they? Cloning not? police. No, that's not technically mm. possible to do that. Yeah. Dude, cloning is basic right now compared to what we're all looking at on here so don't give me the rules for some yeah. future guffin right when it doesn't really even exist in reality 
not like the moon thing that's different the, the moon landing no the, the the moon egg thing which you oh. um, which you <laughs> throw through th- through in earlier because you know that grates me that's different that's real yeah. science getting fucked around with so does <laughs> it great you because the moon's made of cheese cheese grater what's your number two mate <laughs> that was a prime opportunity for a sound effect there um, my number two yes uh, well it's, it's gone off pissed now um, oh. I'm going to go with flux here because it is one episode oh you're doing all of flux my rules um <laughs> Um, because it it cliffhangers Mm. from one to another Um, so why flux you might say why flux I'm saying Jeff come on tell me because it's uh, being awesome Uh, because (gasps) there's a number of reasons really I haven't Um, got a beep noise on here no I wasn't wasn't so So the the first reason uh, is Mm. narratively and the second is production reasons so narratively this is the show at, uh, i know we keep saying it epic here today but this is the show at its mm. biggest uh, scale ever most epic i think you it know, really is yeah it was it was uh, mm. hopping from uh, you know time spans planets uh, universes uh, it, it it had you know all the major villains in it made the sontarans you know sort mm. of yes took it, them away from being comedy yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little bit of comedy, a little but bit it didn't. Yeah, it, it, but um, it's, it made them a credible threat again, yeah, didn't it? You know, Chib, Chibnall did another. You know, he's, he's made, done the old monsters pretty well, he, hasn't yeah, he? You got he, to say. he did. He did all four of the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daleks, Cybermen, yeah. Master, and, and mm. the Sontarans, and, and he made them amazing. Um, but this this series, you know, it, it. I mean, probably everyone listening has has watched it, but it's just. It's got a bit of horror to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a bit of kind of war sci-fi type stuff. It's got a bit of kind of bonkers, um, you know, sci-fi, um, you know, with with once mm. upon time. It's got incredible villains in in Swarm and Azure, um, you know, Passenger. You got great side characters like uh, Professor Jericho and and a story of, you know, the, the Flux, which is a mm. kind of unstoppable. Uh, you know, virus event, event type yeah. thing, which, which is decimating the universe, and um, you know, then they've kind of got to go and pick up the pieces afterwards, mm. and you know, find the survivors, and you know, try to you know fix things and and, and solve what's less left, and then you know, you got the vanquishers at the end, which which some mm-hmm. people didn't like, but the, it's got a number of kind of you know layers to it, like a lot of stuff in this series. You know, the the Sontarans actually win in it yeah you know, they do they, don't they they lure yeah. the um uh mm. Cybermen and the daleks in as as uh you know under the pretense of kind of you know joining forces and they wipe them all out mm. and the, the doctor and, and fam they they ultimately are the vanquishers and and win by, mm. by stopping them and so you know the, I, I saw some some you know, talk of well, why is it called the Vanquishers? Well, it's the Sontarans, isn't it? You know, and and then our lot afterwards. Um, <laughs> you know, and and also I can't believe I forgot uh, mm. John Bishop's Dan, who's just brilliant in it. You there know, you go. Yeah. he's very, he's very Graham like. You know, um, but he's just so such a nice guy in it, fun, mm. um, and and you know, 
they liked being in his company uh, and Carvinista as well. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Lupine dog uh, mm. man who was a grumpy little bugger. It was but, good. Uh, I love the interplay between Carvinista and, and, and Dan. Yeah, yeah was, and you know they had a, good. a relationship. You know mm. that, that develops. Um, and then I said about the production. You uh, did series. So I think over time things are becoming more uh, clear mm. about. Uh, everything here with, with Flux. Obviously, it was made in the middle of the pandemic and, you know, everything was, was difficult then and filming, no less so. You know, you couldn't go near people. Uh, mm. You know, it took double the length to do everything because of setup and say sanity. Um, well, sanity. <laughs> you know, a lot of that was a question, but um, sanitising and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> and um, there was a recent interview with... Uh, Chris Chibnall on uh, the Outpost Scaro podcast, we talked a bit about it, mm. and and we've spoken to people from the series, and it was quite clear that well, uh, uh, you know, we thought that you know there was like supposed to be eight episodes at one point, then it got condensed down to six because of time and and various things like that. But but Chris revealed that there was a period of about a week, mm. they just didn't know whether they were going to be able to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, when you hear things like Jody turned down other work <laughs> to to commit to doing Doctor Who and, mm. and finishing it, because the BBC might have just said, "Well, you know, Let's forget just it, call Let's it a day, leave, yeah. leave it now, and um, we'll come back when you know mm. the world is is back to normal." Reboot later. Yeah, uh, but they didn't, and you know, and Chibnall said something like, "They didn't know where the money was coming from. Mm. Could they literally do it? Could you know what was going to happen?" And he said. He, he had to do things to make it happen, uh, and he and he he didn't elaborate on this. And you know, mm. maybe maybe you know, I don't know. He sold his internal organs, and he <laughs> um, you know, sold his soul. Yeah, they obviously. Yeah, you know, it was I touch just, and go, wasn't it? I think that it, it that's really the key. Yeah. yeah, and and I think whether you like it or not, I think mm. the fact that we, we got a series and we got something that was so as good as it was. I mean, good, it was. During you know an immensely yeah. difficult period uh, is absolute you know k- kudos to, to all of them mm. and to hear that Jody gave up other stuff to, to do it because she wanted to and she loved mm. being a doctor it kind of makes me you know love her and her doctor even more, <laughs> even more. Uh, yeah. and you know that like there was obviously things happened like Chibnall said that they had started planning story ideas mm. and things and they had to basically dump a number of scripts so you know they could kind of focus on flux which i guess would have been the story arc and then you know there's been some talk about um you know it all felt a bit rushed towards the end mm. and do you know what yeah maybe although it it, it all makes sense mm. but if we were going to have eight episodes originally then you know things would have more time to breathe and so i i kind of I'm not saying things are immune to criticism. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But bearing in mind the the you know insurmountable odds they had to mm. pull that off, I'm aware it's only TV, but you know it's still real. You know it was really hard to to do it, and um, you know I think yeah we were lucky that we we got anything. Mate, I I I think Flux is 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 amazing, regardless of it being. Yeah, no, against that sort of background, it, it, you know, if if it hadn't if it hadn't been COVID and it still came out looking as good as it did, and oh, the story yeah. was exactly the same in the episode, again, it's it's still epic either, mm. either way you look at it, and you know you either love it or you don't like it, which what's, is what's yeah, which is fine. What's, what's that? It's, <laughs> it's, the best, it's the best series of New Who. I, I think it's very good. I, I do. Uh, do you know what? Right, it's oh, it's 
Doctor Who has done, right, or, you know, sort of series-long stories before. Obviously, Trial of the Time Lord yeah. with Colin Baker, right? And uh, and kind of the key to time thing before that. Even if you go back and look at, you know, things like the 10-episode the story, The War Games at the end of Patrick Trout, and it's one story, but it's 10 weeks of, of telling, yeah. so it's two more weeks than, than Flux, you know, uh, took to, to tell its story. And maybe even, you know, something like like The Keys of Marinus, even six episodes, but every episode was its own story, right? Contained within a, an, an overall kind of arc, if you like. So it, Doctor Who has done that, the Daleks Master Plan. That's the other one I was trying to think of, the 12 episode thing. So, you know, Doctor Who has done this mm. before. And each time it's been with a sense of something epic around it. So, so it was only a matter of time, I think, before the new reboot series was was going to do this yeah, brighter, the yeah. fact that they did it against the backdrop of covid and everything else and all the restrictions and worries and hassles and troubles and it's just astonishing yeah. and and i agree with you like even if it had come out within a normal mm. year it still would have been it still would have been astonishing incredible. yeah maybe even with a couple of filler episodes which you know yeah. we either need or well we didn't get them either way so it doesn't really matter they don't even play into it you know they, the, the the storytelling within flux well, i mean we, we on it off the chart and the fact Chippenhall wrote yeah. all of it as well exactly he had a couple co uh you know writers on it but mm. it's just yeah, oh, it just boggles. It is. It's, it's incredible. Have done you know? that, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and for it to look as good as it does as well, oh, yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah. You know, was it was it Dineg working on most of the so, yeah. CGI for that, and you know those vistas with the Sunstar and spaceships in the docks, and yeah. all of that stuff. Is the, so the armies crashing on the plains cool. of Crimea, the, the the space station in orbit yeah. against the you know the Grand Serpent space station yeah. above that planet. It's extraordinary. You know that is. I mean that is actually better uh, than than Cameron's gateway station in Aliens, which I know is 1984, 86? Yeah. Oh, so, all right, it's a lot of years ago, but nonetheless, he had millions of dollars to kind of produce that sort of thing. Yeah. This thing is done on a sixpence in comparison. It's yeah. a fraction of a fraction of the budget for that. Mm. You know, and these people are all, you know, they, they, everyone behind Flux is making it because they love it. Yeah. You know, well, as all the stories that. are kind of playing out, all the people we've interviewed, you know, yeah. Pete Levy, um, Azure Salim, um, you know, Mathers, yeah, it, Kevin, that's even more, uh, McNally, yeah, Kevin McNally, it's, it's even mm. more uh, apparent that they loved it because, you know, they, they really could have just gone, you know, which yeah, sod it. Face yeah. headache, you know, it's too and, risky. Yeah, yeah. I don't want don't to catch so, the plague or anything like that, yeah. you know. This. Yeah. So that's my number two. What's yours? I've done my number two, haven't oh, I? Done your two. This okay. is my number one now. Do your number one. My number one is going to be Fugitive of the Jadoon. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> well, did you think I was going to pick as one of my others? Um, what, what, what say? Sorry, I didn't catch what you said there. I was what, moving. What, what did you think I was going to pick? As I, one well, of I, you still got one more to go. Have, so I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm oh, gonna. Okay. I'm gonna if, if you say it, I'm gonna go. Ha ha ha! That is the one I thought you were gonna say. But no, I'm. I'm. I. I, I mean, I was. I, I, I sort of knew you were going to pick Flux as well, so I'll stay clear of that. And you, the fact you've done all of Flux means I don't have to do any of it, right? Yeah. So that's good. But I'm, I was sort of torn between Fugitive of the Jadoon and um, and, and uh, Resolution, actually. Yeah, that was on my list. But yeah, because uh, Resolution, I mean, I, I've remembered something. Yeah, I think it's an astonishing Dalek story, but we've yeah, talked about yeah. it quite a lot. So I think what we have to do because it is an essential 13th yeah. Doctor thing, is talk about the Fugitive Doctor, the Timeless Children, 
and all of that stuff which permeates this era, which basically gives it its you know its additional identity, its place within yeah. the Doctor Who kind of Let's, continuity um, or canon, if you like. I'll just interject here and say, mm. uh, timeless child children story art we like it uh yeah can, we do yeah you can check out our hot takes one episode <laughs> uh, which was a few, few episodes ago if you want to find out yeah. why, uh, and um uh <laughs> find out more about us uh, <laughs> uh embracing the wrath of the internet by d- declaring that we like yeah it. well do you know what you know there's there's a there's a lot more people who who like it than don't yeah, i think the, the, it's just there the, is the yeah those who don't have tended to be very vocal yeah. about it actually yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah yeah so we're not getting into that i'm no, unashamedly a big fan of yeah. the whole thing you know not that i have to defend it or no, defend my no, position no, it is what it is it's no. out there and you either take yeah. it or leave it as a fan you know and for me though i mean i i i love it you know when anything pulls the rug out from under my feet you know i i love doctor i always have done you know it's part of my growing up as i said it's part of my teenage years my early 20s and you know going to university and even getting married you know my 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 mother-in-law was worried that i was going to cosplay as some doctor who character really down the aisle if we got married within a stone's (laughs) throw of a doctor who exhibition which kind of added to the tension she was feeling and you know it's it, it's always been there you know it's been there when when my children were born you know when they've been ill when they've been well all those things it's been my comfort and my go to throughout yeah. all of that you know and i love it dearly but when it th- when it changes you know when it when it when it pulls the rug out when it upsets things that i think i know about my program when it actually throws up into the air all those elements that have been the kind of foundation of its landscape, you know the the, the 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 sort of landmarks within that within that landscape, and it just obliterates them, or picks them up and replaces them, or lifts the veil and shows me that there's more beyond it. I love all that. I, I really do. You know, it's it's because it gives me more to love, right? More to get into. And I kid you not. I mean, again, this is Freya and I, my daughter and I, watching um, Fugitive of the Jadoon. And I know I've said it before on a podcast, but you know, here we're talking about it specifically. I think probably for the first time, right? Here you have a story that we know the Jadoon are coming back, right? Great monster from the Russell T. Uh, Davis yeah. era, and I love them. Then the big space rhinos—they're coming back. There's new animatronics. They're bigger. They're bulkier. They got more movement. They got the boko choko thing going back on, which is they got their big marker pens. And of course, we get the um, we get the whole fugitive doctor thing, which you know is is great. I uh, it's one of those episodes where again you you rewatch it and you see these little clues around, like you know mm-hmm. the, the mirror that Ruth looks in right yeah, at the start the with the sort of TARDIS hexagon shape, and yeah. and again it just opens up so much more of the the, the Gallifrey story, the thing about yeah. the division and these agents that are that are hunting hunting somebody down. You know, obviously it turns out to be mm-hmm. the fugitive doctor, and of course that iconic moment where where they all you know um ruth and the doctor get to the lighthouse ruth opens the chameleon thing you know in the in, in the break glass yeah. here kind of thing exactly, and the yeah. doctor's following some calling in her head scrabbles around in the dirt and finds the finds the tardis with police box yeah, and you think what how how is this even what, how am I even watching this? Why? Why is it here? Wow! <laughs> you know, it was just—it was astonishing, and it just 
you know, kind of like in a way, I don't know if you've seen the Sil- uh, Silver Nemesis, which is the 25th anniversary yep. story, kind of did a similar thing. I mean, for me, it's not it's not a great story until literally like the last episode um, or the last part of the last episode where suddenly the Doctor's, what we know about the Doctor is thrown into question. You know, we think the Doctor's a Time Lord. You know, we think we know who they are, but suddenly we don't yeah. anymore. You know, we find out that in this one, particularly Fugitive of the Dune, there are other gener- uh, regenerations that the Doctor doesn't remember, and of course, you know, it plays out a little bit more throughout future episodes in this in this story. But again, it's you know, it's it's it's. I mean, I love it. You know, it's it it just but yeah. it just reminds me how how kind of made up everything is really in this right because it is entirely down to whoever is producing the show right to either add or not to add yeah. to the whole there's, canon there's of no, anything um, yeah there's no kind of there's no bible is there uh, you know no, there's no bible you know there's when something's added mm. to it it kind of becomes part of the bible but you know someone could just retcon it if they well, want they, they to can do but you see I, I don't think this does because i think this pulls no, in no, stuff that's actually yeah in a way kind of answers stuff from print i mean obviously you know there's the whole morbius doctor thing all those regenerations yeah. that you know the 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 that we saw in the big mind bending mm. game screen between morbius and the doctor yeah and you know, is is there reference to any previously? Well, we don't know really. You know, that the, the first Doctor might not have been the first Doctor, or there might have right. been general regenerations between. We got the whole thing about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, was it Series Six B? You know, when Patrick Troughton yeah. was an agent of the of the Time Lords, and which actually the Troughton uh, Big Finish, uh, the second Doctor Adventures Big Finish, takes advantage of. You know, so there are spaces right. that you can pull pull that stuff out, and you know, it it does make me laugh when I see people saying, "Well, the Doctor can only regenerate thirteen times," and blah 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 blah. But actually, yeah, a lot of that comes down that, to yeah. stuff that was laid down, laid down in the Deadly Assassin, a fourth Doctor story, right? The first time we ever saw mm-hmm. Gallifrey, and where a lot of those rules were established. I using the quotation fingers because I was watching it recently, and a lot of the knowledge that comes through that if you like is imparted to the doctor right by this old crusty called engin right is a is a coordinator for the matrix you know the big data bank you know with all the time lord experiences and, and everything yep. else right but there's a bunch of stuff that the doctor refutes right engin for example says right nobody can enter the matrix right well, of course, the master's done it already because he's already in there, right? And the doctor then goes in to do it. And there's a lot of things there that Engin says is impossible. You know, a Time Lord can only regenerate so many times, right? But already we've had, you know, we, we've had a lot of stuff discredited. So it's not, it's not that, you know, this is absolutely unbreakable truth, you know, that a Time Lord can only regenerate so many times, that blah, 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 and all the rest of it, right? This is stuff that actually the only thing, the only reason we know about it is because it was told to the Doctor by an old geezer yeah. who actually has already had certain things proved wrong, right, through the through his interaction with the Doctor. So, and again, it's Robert Holmes being really playful, I think, you know, with the Deadly Assassin. There's yeah. another showrunner at the time who decided that he's going to sort of shake things up a little bit and actually show us the Doctor's home planet and use it in a kind of satirical way as well to kind of, you know, have a little poke at those old institutions that, that don't move, that don't change, that are forever decaying because they hold up these pillars of, of their authority almost and give them grandiose names, 
you know, the sash of Rassilon, the key of Rassilon, and blah, 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 and all this. And, and I love all that. The fact Time Lord Society is built up on myth after myth after myth until actually, you know, in the modern era, we don't know what's true anymore, really, you know. But by hanging on to those old things, right, just, just it's, it's, it's not, you know, that ne isn't necessarily a truth. So yeah. what it takes is a story like this to basically knock all that stuff down, right, throw it all out in the open and say, actually, the Doctor's history is a lot deeper and a lot more mysterious than we think, which, again, throws the whole who back into Doctor Who. So I love all that stuff. That's it. That's me done. I've done it right there. Yeah, which which was brilliant, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to mm. uh, throw out my number one most essential. Go on in. What is it, Jeff? Which is... Um, I want it really in a way because you have to have really watched the rest of it before it. It's going to be probably in a shock to no one, The Power yep. of the Doctor. Yes! Which was Jodie Whittaker's uh, final episode as the Doctor. Mm. Um, it is it's superb. Um, uh, but yeah, you, you probably, if you just watch this episode, you'd be mm. like, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, so you kind of do need to have watched the rest of um, you know, her, her era. For, I'm not going to yeah. talk too much about it because we did a, a whole episode reviewing it mm. and, and we talked about it uh, more you know, since then. But just, um, it just kind of did everything, you know. It, it's it got everything, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thrilling kind of space mm. uh, train sequence thing. It, you know, it, uh, some Cybermen were back and, you know, the Masters back and some uh, classic companions and we get Graham back again and, you mm. know, past Doctor's return. It was a brilliant tribute to, to you know, classic Who. Um, <clears throat> Jodie was, you know, on absolute fire in it um, and it and it had a, you know, beautiful uh, kind of, you know, a regeneration mm. scene that was just perfect yeah. for her doctor. It was it was positive mm. and optimistic, and despite kind of you know not wanting to you know wanting more time and wanting to be with Yaz and and you know them kind of you know confessing their feelings mm. for each other and, and stuff and and knowing that they couldn't you know it, it just wasn't possible to, to be together and you know that was kind of ripped from them, but. You know, as, as we know, the Doctor is, is ageless, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and people, will, uh, humans vanish in the blink of an eye, really, for a, for a Time Lord. Um, you know, so the, the Doctor ending on a, you know, on a, on a positive f feeling, uh, you know, d despite probably being incomplete in, in you know, what, what she wanted yeah. to do was was quite fitting really and it and it wasn't kind of you know really overall mm. and emotional or anything so you know we've we've said epic quite a lot in this uh, episode uh, but it it really was again just you know massive stakes in it you know uh, all the all the locations that it went to and and the, the you know they just pulled out all the mm. stops for it and it was just you know, it was fantastic. It was just a, a brilliant end for us. So, yeah, that's that's going to be mine. So, I think between us, we've done quite a good job of um, covering yeah, you know, so. episodes that yeah. are fun and episodes that are really kind mm. of essential bits of plot. For, I mean, ten episodes between us, five each. Arc. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a cheat. It's not really five <laughs> episodes, is it? It's ten. So. <laughs> That's so, maths. That is, mate. Well, yeah. That's uh, mm. that's this. That's yeah. That's our maths. Yeah. So that's this uh, essential mm. 
Doctor episode done. So um, we'll run another poll. Um, or maybe we'll just go and we'll do 12th Doctor next at some point soon um, because we, he was second place in yeah, the Yeah, we so should, we'll, we we'll should do that. Him. Yeah. Uh, and then um, maybe go back to a, a classic before we. Uh, I reckon. No, I reckon that after that we'll do Essential Master or Essential Daleks or, or something mm. like that. Okay. You know, we, right, let's, we, let's we've got nine months. Or, no, where are we now? April, May, yeah. June, July, August, September, October, possibly November. We will see another new episode of Doctor Who. So we've got, what's yes. that? That's eight months of content eight that months. we've got to fill with weekly episodes. So let's not yeah. blow it all off in one. <laughs> we yeah. can string so it out of it. <laughs> don't forget to send us your ideas yeah. for those as well. <laughs> but of course, we'll be looking at target books and big finishes and get yeah, grabbing more guests through the, yeah. through the year as well and talking to more fans. So, yeah, we've, we've got a lot yeah. of plans. We'll We're not going right. to run dry yeah. anytime soon, that's for sure. No, not at all. All right. Well, thanks for listening and watching as always. And we'll catch you next time on Who Corner to Corner Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye from me. Bye.